0: This is an interview with Lost Becomes Guitarist, Chef Brian Sow, on Sunday, May 9th, 2021, by Nick Burkell. Now, Brian, can you tell me about getting your very first guitar?
1: Yeah, my uh, first guitar was an electric bass guitar that my brother handed down to me, and I still have it to this day. It's a total piece of shit, completely unplayable, but I will never let it go.
0: Just wondering, what was the first song you learned on there?
1: Uh, the first song I can remember is, I think, Green Days, When I Come Around, or, um, or Sweet Dreams are, are Made of This, uh, the Marilyn Manson version. It was one of those two.
0: Now, were you involved with any music schools, conservatories, or have any private tutors growing up?
1: Uh, So I went to the um, China or the Beijing Conservatory of Music for a semester, uh, and I took zero music classes. (laughs) Um, I I was supposed to go into the music program, but um, my Chinese wasn't that good. And I also had zero background in um, in any type of formal musical training. So I just took one semester and
0: realized uh, it, it was not for me. When it comes to your history as a chef, what is your absolute favorite dish to make and why? Um,
1: So, you know, just for myself personally, my favorite thing to put together is an egg and cheese sandwich with uh, Martin's potato bread (laughs) and some sriracha. Um, That is my go-to all the time. I have, you know, a very specific technique and way that I like to do it to get the cheese perfectly melted, to get the the, the egg at the perfect texture. You know, the bread has to be toasted. Um, it's, It's a process. But if you were to ask me, that would be my personal favorite dish.
0: For your creative mindset, do you feel like you've become a better chef through your time as a musician? Or do you think you've become a better musician through your years of culinary training?
1: Oh, it's definitely... They go hand in hand um, and one feeds into the other. I've been a musician much longer than I've been a chef. I I started learning how to uh, play guitar when I was 13, 14 years old, something like that. And um, I've been a chef since I was well, I started in the culinary world around 20 years old. So now that's, you know, roughly 16 years later. But one is definitely fed into the other for sure. Absolutely. Uh, The discipline of the chef world definitely helped me in my music and um, and things even outside of music, uh, you know, running a band and being organized with with all this stuff behind the scenes to have a successful band. Um, Not to say that I have an extremely successful band, but, you know, that chef world, background that I come from definitely helped in that aspect. And I think the music part of my life really helps keep me kind of flexible and open to all types of ideas um, in my in, in my work as a chef.
0: So how do you guys in Lost Becomes meet one another? Do you have any history with each other?
1: Yes, we, we all have a history with each other um, for the most part. Um, I've known Alec, the drummer, and Will Gomez, the bassist, for years now. We know each other from the uh, New York heavy metal scene. Will was really the first guy that I got very close with as a friend. He just so happened to live on the same block as me. And then Alec was also one of the, you know, he was a great drinking buddy and just someone I got always got along with. So when I first put this band together, it was very important that whoever I'm going to be jamming with on a regular basis had to be people that I got along with well. Um, the guy that I have the least history with, and it's the same for Will and Alec, is Anthony Capozzi, who is the vocalist. Uh, we found him through a mutual friend. We've known him the shortest, but he's he definitely fits like a glove. We get along with him very well, and funny enough, one of our main criteria in the band was that he doesn't have to be the greatest singer, but he just can't be a dick. Uh, fortunately, Anthony is not a dick but he's also a great singer so we got the best of both worlds
0: (laughs) now for your music video memory at the end where you're burying that suitcase are you meant to be confronting something or putting an end to something
1: i think it can be either or and we leave that to interpretation Um, that particular uh, narrative within the memory music video was i think pretty obviously inspired by the quentin tarantino movie Fiction, and there's all types of you know reaction video not reaction videos but fan theories fan theory videos on youtube and all over the internet of what's inside that briefcase right and for myself personally that's bearing away damaging memories that are holding you back so for myself personally it represents Um, accepting those things that uh, hurt, you know, affected you negatively, um, but you're putting them away so that you can move forward with your life.
0: Now, with the hate crimes, the Asian American and Pacific Islander community in America, have you noticed any programs or organizations that have worked in the past, like uh, the Midnight Basketball programs?
1: So I'm personally not familiar with uh, Midnight Basketball. I did, um, you know, I did look them up and uh you know programs like that are vital i mean those those programs are great and i wish that there was more like them and more funding to go into programs like that you know unfortunately a lot of things a lot of programs like that are getting a lot of uh, funding cuts because of the uh, current world situation but when it comes to um you know violence against asian americans and pacific islander community You know, for my personal stance on it is, I mean, it's very clear why it's happening. uh, And it's very unfortunate because a lot of these people are completely innocent. And they're just, um, they're the trigger point and the receiver of some, a lot of pent up anger and aggression. Um, But for myself personally, growing up in New York City as an Asian American, you know, my father told me my entire life. Uh, to watch my back and to always be on the defensive unfortunately the people that are causing these crimes are not targeting guys like myself who are you know six feet 260 pounds um and you know can can take a punch uh they're targeting you know um, very vulnerable people which angers me a lot actually
0: for you as a musician have you felt any sort of doors open for you or anything has become easier for you in the past year as the coronavirus has picked up steam. So
1: I, I would actually kind of twist that. My, I, I'm going to shift my answer to not be focused as a musician, but as a creative. Um, and 100%, 1,000%, yes. I've been very fortunate um, during the pandemic that I've been able to work from home, um, which is not very normal for, uh, for my line of work. But fortunately, I had shifted... Um, into consulting work prior to the pandemic happening. I would say like five, six months prior to the pandemic happening. So I got very lucky. I was able to continue to work, but um, I never worked from home. So it definitely gave me a lot more free time and it uh, I just m- made sure to capture the moment and be as productive as humanly possible. And I, I'm proud to say that I think I've Um, While it's a terrible thing, what happened with coronavirus, I've definitely taken advantage of the ability to be at home and stay productive and work on other projects.
0: Now, what are your three most treasured albums in your music collection?
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So first one I can think of is probably Green Day's Dookie. I think that, for me, was kind of a life-changing album. It was a sound, you know, between the lyrics and the sound and the artwork, um, that really resonated with me. It's an album I can still listen to, uh, on repeat. Uh, another album that was like just as equally as life-changing, which is on a completely different spectrum was uh, cannibal Corpse's live cannibalism record. Um, specifically that live one. Uh, and I got it at the same time with the, the cassette tape, um, it was actually a BCD. It was before DVDs. I was living in mainland China, and I found a record store that had live cannibalism both on BCD and uh, on CD. And I was just I was already into metal at that point, but I had just never heard anything like it and um, watching um, Corpse Grinder the way he does his uh, head spins. and at you know at the time Pat O'Brien was in the in the band as well, his you know, super long hair and just the just the whole vibe of it just completely blew me away. And I would I would listen to the record and just stare at this album cover. And there was so much to unpack and it made me so uncomfortable, but it was kind of cool and rebellious. So that's number two. And then number three is um is oh man, that's going to this is going to be a hard one to pick. Metallica's Ride the Lightning, that whole album from A to Z just completely blows my mind and i still love it to this day
0: now what is your favorite ghost story or urban legend from living in new york so i
1: i'm not very familiar with maybe i do
0: know of urban legends but i
1: don't even think of them as urban legends anymore because they're just kind of ingrained in the fabric of who i am being this uh you know new yorker born and raised here uh except for a short abroad you know, I do have a ghost story. It's not specific to New York, but definitely a ghost story that made me believe in ghosts after that, which was I was in the Dominican Republic in, in at one point of my life. I was a uh, very vigilant church going Christian, uh, no longer anymore, but I was a very vigilant Christian going on re- on missionary trips. And we went to the Dominican Republic and, uh, We had some break or something, and we went into this abandoned hotel. I mean, it was honestly really freaky. Um, But we went in there with a few of the other guys, and uh, I saw somebody walking around that I thought was a friend, and I followed them. When they turned a corner into a room and I followed them into that room, the room was completely empty. Uh, it It was actually terrifying and completely scared the shit out of me. I quickly ran back to the rest of the group. I went to the friend that I thought i saw and that definitely wasn't him because he was at the other side of the hotel this abandoned hotel that's my that's my ghost story final words uh final words hustle and and go get it get off your ass and do something create something start a new hobby stay productive
0: this has been an interview with lost becomes by nick perkel on may 9th 2021